Welcome to our special edition of CTU Speaks, The Strike Vote. Homie, I was taught by a Chicago teacher, Chicago teacher, Chicago teacher. I learned to read and write from a Chicago teacher, so I'm inspired by the fight from my Chicago teacher. I'm Jim Starros. And I'm Andrea Parker. And welcome to CTU Speaks. We are joined by some awesome people in the room. We are so excited because we are on the precipice of a CTU strike authorization vote. Yes. On Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And so we are have some guests in the building who are going to just introduce themselves. And later we're going to discuss why it is important to check yes on the strike authorization vote on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So let's start with... I'm Jessica Rosenbaum. I am a CTU art teacher at Hancock High School. I'm also a delegate and a proud graduate of the Chicago Public Schools myself. Oh, right. What, what right. high school? Whitney Young. Okay. Wow. I'm a High Park alumni, so, okay. Good. <laughs> right. yeah. cool. I'm Antoine Jennings, seeker from Newberry Academy. My name is Luis I. Angel Bahamundi. I am a Sika at Newberry Math and Science Academy, also a proud member and employee of Chicago Park District. Right. Hi, I'm Paula Barajas. I am a special education teacher at Ruiz Elementary, CTU member for 10 years, former delegate, and also a proud graduate of Chicago Public Schools, Benito Juarez High School. Nice. All right. All right. CPS representing. I know, and my kids went to Newberry way back in the day. So I did good. too. Nice. Oh, all right. Small world. I know. Very small. Small right. every day. All right. So thank you all for joining us today on this special edition of CTU Speaks. So we know that on Tuesday is going to be the beginning of the strike authorization vote for Chicago Teacher Union members. And um, we know that we have several of you all in the building today. And we also have SEIU members who already took their strike authorization vote. So 97%. Ah. And Jim said we're going to try to beat that. We're going to beat it. All right, we're going to be, what, 99? 99.9. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. So, SEIU members, can you just talk about what was the sticking points? What made you all check yes when you all had your strike authorization vote? I could start first. This is Antoine from Newberry Academy. I think one of the most important things that we realized is that it was a contract year for both us and the teachers. And it was really important that we stood in solidarity because um, as the community, building the community, it takes the teachers and the support staff together in order to run the school. Um, And just having that opportunity this year to work together, actually, I think it brings us together and it shows that we both need each other, uh, which is something that a lot of people haven't mentioned in the past, that the teachers need to support staff and vice versa. So it gave us that opportunity to work together, actually, for the first time in a long time, just to show everyone that, you know, we need each other. Um, this is Lewis from Newberry Memphis Science Academy. I've been a seeker for five years, and I've been a rec leader for over three years, and I love what I do. But I can't do my job if I feel I don't have a fair contract. Right. right. You know, it's something that we put our heart and soul into. It, people think that we don't, they don't take us seriously. They think, oh, we shouldn't take seekers seriously. Right. We shouldn't take the support staff seriously. We shouldn't take teachers seriously. But this is a serious deal. We care about our kids. And obviously, um, it looks like Lori Lightfoot is going a different route. But I want her to understand that we're here to stay and we're here to teach and we're here to prosper and come together as one. Solidarity, like my friend said earlier, AJ. Absolutely. Um, working in the park district, there's a lot of issues, um, especially for part-time employees, like two-thirds of Chicago park district workers um, are part-timers. They work four to five days, 52, 52 weeks each year. They receive no pay vacations, no pay holidays when we work them. Wow. And there are no health insurance and no benefits for these guys. Wow. And I'm one of them. I work two jobs. I work from 7.15 in the morning. To nine o'clock at night, I have Man. three kids, and I still can't afford the cost of living in Chicago. 
and it's 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 a little bit of, it's nuts and i'm trying to i'm trying to survive here guys yeah we all are so that's that is horrible and yeah. we all should if you work in a city especially uh for our you know our government services and to say you don't have health insurance I, that's unheard of that's yes it, yeah. That's definitely unheard of. And we do thank Seekers. For the many people that don't know, Seek, could you all just explain what Seekers do inside the school building? Sure. Well, our Seekers, Special Education Classroom Assistants, we mentor, we teach, and we strategize with teachers. Oh, and we strategize with teachers <laughs> to come up be- better uh, ways to teach the students to have a hard time learning. And um, I love, like I said, I love what I do. And and besides that, we, as as employees of um the Chicago Park, as a, as a part of the Chicago Park District, we, we as well, we mentor, we teach, and then we also coach. So we need to look in more into that and put more funnies into that, but we can have a better community. I can tell you as a special, this is Paula, I can tell you as a special ed teacher, I could not do my job without my seekers. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, Paula. Right. And I agree with that because I'm a general education teacher in, in um, elementary school. And sometimes seekers come in with the students. And so I cannot do my job effectively either without a seeker. Sometimes they need to be one-on-one with the students and they need that extra support. And so sometimes when the seekers are not out, when they're outside the building, we cannot find subs for them. And it is, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And so not just the teacher, but other students benefit too, because when they have their student with them, other students in the classrooms can focus as well. So they're definitely a necessity in the, in the um, general education classroom as well as the special education classroom. That's true at the high school level, too. This is a gym I teach down at uh, King High School down just north of Hyde Park. And the special education assistants in my building are huge. I, they, they get a huge job in my building. They help out in the classroom. They help out with the kids in the hallway, in the, in the lunchroom. When the kids are having issues they need to deal with independently that I can't handle as a classroom teacher because I'm doing the rest of what I need to do in the classroom, mm-hmm. they all step in and do what's really necessary. And again, it would be impossible to do our jobs as regular general education teachers without the help of the Sikas. Well said, Jim. Tuesday is the, is the big day. And so that's going to be the first day that we have the strike authorization vote. By law, we have to have 75% or better in order to approve the strike authorization vote and to be able to go to the next step. So why are you all voting yes for the strike authorization vote on whether you vote on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday? Why, you think you, why are you clicking yes and why you think other members should click yes? This is Jessica. Um, and I'm going to encourage all members to vote on Tuesday for the sake of their delegates to get their votes done. Um, but I know I'm voting yes because I have classes upwards of 35 students, 36 students. My colleagues have classes that big and we need enforceable language about class sizes. Um, and we also need a nurse in our building uh, more than the one day a week we have for a thousand students. Um, and I think that the things we're asking for are reasonable and expected um, in order to create the school communities we want to see. Um, I also think prep time is a really big issue for a lot of our members. Um, and I know it's a very large issue for the elementary school teachers. Very large. So we've been trying Massive. to, even though we're in high school, we've been trying to encourage our members in our building to think about what that would mean for our elementary school teachers to lose those extra prep periods that they need to plan um, and not just think about our own particular situation, but really spread our thinking out to what it looks like for every uh, C2 member in the city. But from an art teacher point of view, is there any issues that you all deal with that we may not understand that you want to bring to the forefront? 
I mean, we just, we need more arts in yes. general. Um, before I came to Hancock, I was an elementary school art teacher. Uh, I serviced over 800 students once a week um, for an hour a day. And that was the only creative outlet that they had. Um, and I think that every school deserves a robust arts education that includes not just visual arts, but also music, dance, theater. Um, for our students who may struggle in other academic areas, the arts provide that opportunity for them to express themselves, gain critical knowledge, learn how to decode the world around them in a way that um, core classes don't always teach. Wow, I love that. It makes me want to, because we just, we just had an art teacher at our school and we haven't had an art teacher. This is my fifth year there. This is our first time having an art teacher. So it's like we always have to choose between art or music, not even dance or theater. I may do theater mm -hmm. as an after school enrichment program, but it's not part of the daily mm -hmm. curriculum. So it's sad that you have to choose between mm -hmm. the two. I mean, and, and I have to say that CPS wants you to be making those choices. There was a big push when I first started in CPS um, to bring in arts partners into the school. Um, and I think that that was really done as a way to diminish the role of certified art educators in the buildings um, by providing enrichment type style art classes as opposed to uh, regular day style art classes. So um, and, you know, that's unfortunate for, for your students because they're missing that that critical education um, and having to make those choices is not right. It's not. Paul, do you want to add to that as far as why are you going to check yes on, on Tuesday? Well, you know, Andrew, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you talked about by law, mm -hmm. we have to have 75 percent of the vote. So I'm also on the bargaining team and our union has its hands tied by mm -hmm. certain Illinois labor laws. You it's know, true. no other teachers union in the state has their hands tied this way. And as a bargaining team member, I can ask my fellow union members, please check yes, because you are giving me another tool in my toolbox right. at the bargaining table. Mm. It doesn't mean that we are going to say, oh, yes, let's go out and strike. What it means is you are giving me the power to have more negotiation room with the board. And I can tell you right now that they are dragging their feet and it is very aggravating. They are dragging their feet. We've been in negotiations with them since January right. on issues. Do you think they're waiting for the vote? Do you think they're just waiting to see if we're going to have 75% or better? I think that's part of it, yeah. I, I think that they are confident that teachers may not do it, but they're wrong. They are dead wrong. Teachers are upset. They're upset about preps. They're upset about CPS trying to roll back the 70-30 rule on special education, which means that more than 30% of the kids in your gen ed classrooms could have IEPs. CPS wants to roll that back. That's right. against, that's actually against SPED law, you know? So I would say that if you don't vote yes, you are actually hurting yourself. You are ma making it harder for yourself there in the classroom. I agree. We, we are one union, so we got to figure out what hurts one hurts, of all, hurts us all. Right. And so... I like what you said in terms of high school may not have a big prep issue, but elementary school does, because I know that I have to be at school at eight o'clock in the morning. That's the same time the kids get there. So if I come early, I'm coming there working early for no pay, but I need to get there early because I got to prepare for my class. So it's like, it's a no win situation in the sense that I get there with my kids and I have to prepare while they're in there, or I come there early with no pay and CPS is getting free labor out of me in order for me to do the best for my students. So and then they're trying to take away another, you know, two extra preps 
that are teacher directed and not self directed. And don't be mistaken, mm-hmm. they're also trying to roll back the two 15-minute preps per week right. that we actually won in our last right. contract. They're trying to roll that back as well. What would you say to people who are on the fence? There are people, let's say, in that I'd rather be in the classroom teaching my students. My kids need me. They need me to be there every day. I'm the person that supports them. What do you say to that? I would say, yeah, you know what? I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. You know what? I've taught at three or four different high schools. I mean, I'm sorry, three or four different schools, two high schools, two elementary schools. And I've taught at a high school where, where 80% of my students were in trauma. And to not see them every day and help them was, was difficult. But I would say to you that we're not just fighting for us to be there for the kids. We're fighting for nurses to be there right. for the kids. We're exactly. fighting for more counselors to be mm-hmm. there for the yes. kids. We're fighting for fair staffing numbers. The teacher alone, the SICA and the teacher alone, we can't do everything. We need more people in the building. CPS knows this. Lori Lightfoot, actually, you know, she, she says it in press conferences. I know the schools need this. I know the schools right. need this. The problem is she's unwilling to put it in writing. In writing. In writing. Mm. Right. I just want to add to that. This is Antoine. I think that the most important thing that a lot of people are forgetting in this process is that it's simple. It's education. It's the cornerstone of the community. It's where it all begins. And for the mayor not to acknowledge the fact that we need this support, that we need this, um, we need the money. We need everything that's needed, the resources in order to operate in the schools is absurd. It's actually a contradiction of who she says she is. It's a contradiction of who everyone says what's important, which is education. Right. And CPS is willing to negotiate these things. They've done it with the charter schools. We, we, charter school strikes were huge this last year. Absolutely. They, they got Absolutely. huge increases in staffing in the building. They got guaranteed in writing class size limits. Mm-hmm. This is not something CPS can't do. It's something they're unwilling to do. And that's what hurts, especially when we know they got a billion dollars extra. And they're not, they're <laughs> yeah. not crying debt this time. No. So I don't know why we can't get the nurses uh, and the clinicians that we need. Uh, I had a my psychologist came to my school on Thursdays. She's only there on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And she came to my class to do a, um, a bullying seminar for my students. And our kids like, how come she's not here every day? And I need somebody to talk to on Wednesday. And, and I feel bad. Yep. And they, they really enjoy talking with her. And she wants to be available to them. And I hate that she's not there every day. I hate that right. our nurse is only there like on Mondays. That is not fair. Right. A kid fell in, on, on the playground during recess and there was no nurse. There. The only thing we can do is give him an ice pack. And right. sometimes we don't always, have that. Right. We always have that. So, you know, I'm glad you brought that up, Andrea. So let's take my daughter goes to Whitney Young. Um, and CPS, by their own admittance with their trainings at the beginning of the year, had said that mental health issues for students is dramatically on the rise. Absolutely. absolutely. Dramatically on the rise. So my daughter herself and her friends, they know that there is a counselor suite at Whitney Young where they can go and sit. Yeah. You know, if they need some time to get their heads together. But the problem is their counselors aren't always available because they are taxed. So although the students have a place where they can go and sort of gather their thoughts and really use some of the strategies that they've been taught to kind of regroup themselves, especially kids who have high anxiety, there's no counselor to actually mm. walk that through with them. So it's sort of like a, a half measure. You know, we want TPS to do a whole measure. Let's Absolutely. get those counselors exactly. in the building. Let's get them to help these kids. Absolutely. You know that, you know, mental health issues is on the rise. Let's do this. Can I add, um, it's funny how 
CPS wants us to stop the fire. How about we don't start the fire? Like they want us to stop the fire when, when something happens. How about we, instead of giving $33 million for armed, uh, for armed, uh, armed police officers, how about you arm us with funds? That's we right. Talk about, right. We talk about violence in Chicago that is rising. And I believe uh, violence can stop if we put our money towards education, teaching these kids the right way. And that starts with people in the schools, special education teachers, SICA, support staff, security guards, um, art, music, everything that can lead a kid right. to have an open mind right. and, and make them realize that you're not just by yourself, that we're a whole family. And maybe we can put the funds somewhere else where it's actually needed. That's a good way to put it, that we're a family together. Anybody that interacts with the kid in any way is part of that family. It Absolutely. doesn't matter if it's security, if it's janitorial staff, lunchroom staff, SICAs, teachers, whoever it is. This is part of a whole family that we need to help raise these kids up in the way they need to be. And so we also have parents that listen to um, CTU Speaks and also parents are involved because they're going to have to, if a strike does happen, they got to figure out alternative ways of, or places to take their children. They want to know why teachers are not in the classroom. Some parents and many parents that I talk to are definitely for the strike. They understand after I finish explaining myself to them, they're definitely for it. However, there are still some parents that are saying why and why every time a contract ends, Teachers are always want to go on strike. Don't they make enough money? What about my kids? So they're concerned too. So what do we say to, to parents who are concerned with the strike and why should they be okay and supportive if we check yes as well? This well, is Jessica. Um, I was just going to say that I think it's important to ask parents to think about what type of school they want for their students because good question. we're not just talking about our pay and compensation, but we're thinking about the quality of life within these buildings and having the appropriate clinicians and staffing levels and class sizes. In addition to having schools that are clean and healthy and safe, um, which I know is, is a monumental issue where I'm at, um, is something that they need to think about. They're sending their child to that building every day. What is it that they think that their ch children need in order to function and thrive? I would definitely say I empathize with them. You know, I actually have people in my family who are constantly approaching me. You know, our teacher striking, our teacher striking. Every day I get that. Every day. Every day. You know, every and day. I'm trying to help them understand, no, teachers don't want to strike. I want right. to be in front of my classroom. I want Absolutely. to be teaching exactly. my students. But I also want them to have what you as a parent want them to have, which is a safe supportive environment with the resources and the qualified people to help them. And so I would say to parents, like, you know, that's what you want for your children. You want the best for them. Come with us, fight with us for the best for your children. That's, we want it, you Absolutely. want it, let's do this together. Absolutely. I'd like to add to that, this is Antoine, that, I mean, something to consider, I would tell parents is that we're parents too. Some of us are parents that's as well. Right. Um, and, that, and the first responsibility that we have as parents is also to take care of our children. And in these type of practices and under this type of contract, I mean, it's unreasonable. We've had bus aides who've worked in CPS for 27 years. For three months, that woman was homeless. She lived in her car. But she was a 27-year employee, but she lived in her car for three months. So, I mean, I would just encourage parents to understand that we are parents. Um, we love their children, but we also love our children and families as well. We need to make sure that the parents know that if, if you want to do something to avoid the strike, let's call the mayor. Mm -hmm. Call your alderman. Right. Call your elected officials. Because it's not just CTU. It's going to be SICAs. It's going to be the park district. It's going to be everybody that's involved with the kids because we need support for these children here in the city. 
And if we really care about our kids, we need to show them we need to stand up for what's right and stand up for themselves. And this is the way to do it. Yeah. And stopping, you know, also stand up for them and don't believe, don't believe the rhetoric that the money's not there. Please don't, parents, don't believe that. Don't believe that nonsense that CPS and the city doesn't have the money. They do. They need, they need to put it in their budgets. Their budgets are a moral contract with your family, a moral contract with your family for what's right. Fight for that. Well, I just wanted to add to that, Paula. We know they have the money because they're willing to put $33 million into the Chicago Police Department to add police to our schools. And we don't need more, more police in no, our we school. Don't. We need more educators. Yeah, more, more, yeah, yeah we need yeah. counselors. We need nurses. We don't need more guns in the schools. I mean, we need more people that actually know how to train and work with students. That's what we really need. That's right. There's another billion dollars in CPS's budget this year than they had before. That doesn't even include the 1.2 billion they spent on Lincoln Yard development or the money on the police academies or all Mm -hmm. this other stuff. So they don't, it's not, they don't have money. They don't want to have money for us. Yeah. The thing is we're forgetting that we're employees, CPS and Chicago Park District. If we go on strike, we don't get paid. That's That's right. right. And, and we, like I, I agree with Paula, we don't want to strike, but we need a fair contract to do our jobs. You know, consider us as um, people with a, with a goal, and that goal is taking care of your children. We go in, we clock in to take care of your kids. We go in, we clock in to teach your kids. We go in and we clock in not because of the money, because we want to mentor these kids to be successful. And we can do it together. CTUs, um, SICA, Local 73 together, we can do this all as one. And I did believe Lori Lightfoot was just want to ignore that um, because she has a different agenda And I want to know what the agenda is, and I want to have a fair contract where we can continue our goal. I agree. This is so, I just think I hear all this. I just think how sad it is that every time we are at the end of a contract and have to start a new one, that we always get this hostility, we get this backlash. (laughs) Why why do we get this? I I don't understand. Education, which is supposed to be the priority in our country to educate the next generation of young people to be advocates, to be whatever career they want to be. And we get this backlash. We get this, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't find the money. I don't understand why we as teachers and seekers and and the students and the parents, why do we get this pushback every single time? We have to fight. Right. And so I think about what Frederick Douglass says, without struggle, there is no progress. Progress. So we have to struggle. And that strike may be that that struggle. But if it's going to progress us forward, then it would be worth it. Again, I don't, I'm, I'm in an elementary school and I don't necessarily want to strike, but I am willing to do that if it's going mm-hmm. to help my students get what they need. I look at it to me as a form of racism. When I think of my students who uh, don't get started, they don't have basketball or they don't have football programs, they don't have swimming. And then you have to come, and then when you get to high school and you got to compete for scholarships <laughs> for kids who've been swimming and had basketball and football since they were five. How can I compete and get a scholarship to college? Mm-hmm. I can't because I didn't get that when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I had the, you know, and parents who cannot afford these things. Can I give it to them? So I feel like to me is again, as a form of racism is a form of inequality and you're holding some students back. And again, Frederick Douglass also said this, when you hold some people back, you hold a whole nation, nation back. back. And so you cannot continue to hold kids back when you have the resources to give to them. Sandra, you asked the question, why does this keep happening? Right. You know, and I'm sure parents are asking that question too. Why is it every time at the end of a contract, teachers seem to be striking? And I would say it's twofold. You know? One would be um, sexism. Let's just say we are a female dominated profession. 
Absolutely. You know, uh, there are some wonderful men in our profession. Appreciate but you. We're right here. Thanks. Appreciate you. Or three right three. here. <laughs> Thanks, Andrea. Appreciate Jim. You're with us, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> There's two of us in Jim. <laughs> um, and for some reason, you know, we, we live in a country sometimes that looks at professions that are dominated by women and say, oh, you know, they're, they're doing it out of the goodness and the kindness of their heart. Right. But I have a family to feed. Right. I have a mortgage to pay. And I need to be a role model to my daughters that they should stand up for themselves. Absolutely. You know, for what they need. So I would say that's one, one fold. I would say the other part is the structure of CPS. So Chicago Public Schools runs many initiatives and, you know, right now they have a, um, what is it, the, the Lori Life when CPS put together with this sort of like equity task force, you know? Do you notice who was left off of the invitation for the equity task force? Chicago Teachers Union, us, the teachers, the people wow. who actually work in the nice. building. So, you know, that's the second part is that CPS puts these structures in place and they don't get the foot soldiers in there, us, the teachers, the frontline workers, they don't really tap into us. So what they do is they say, oh, well, this network chief and this person who's high up, they used to be a teacher about 15 years, 20 right. years ago. <laughs> but no, you need <laughs> teachers that are in the classroom right, right, right now. now. Doing the job now. I think that's another important thing that there are a lot of people making decisions um, who don't know what we really do. Um, they're right. just they're just there. They have these liaisons that they send out and they say, hey, tell me what they're doing. And they don't even know what they're looking at half the time. But they come back and report this data that doesn't make any sense, that doesn't cover really what we actually intangible things that we do. And I think that's what um, everyone needs to understand. That's probably what parents um, even miss when they're wondering why we're striking or why this is going on. They, sometimes the information is given is not, you know, not the right information is being shared. Um, may I ask a quick question? Why do you think they're dragging? Does they have a good reason why? Like not making a decision for a fair contract? That's a good question. I don't know why they're dragging. I'm thinking they're waiting for the strike authorization vote. They want to see if we, and then after that, the, uh, we have to come together at, with the House of Delegates to see if we're actually going to set a strike date. And so they're probably just trying to see how long we're willing to hold out until they come, you know, to they make a decision. Yeah, I think they're trying to see what are we going to do? Mm -hmm. Are we going to stand up for ourselves? Right. And what can they do to us after we don't? Mm. But we're, we're going to surprise them, which I don't know how it could possibly be a surprise after 2012 and 2016 and the Red for Ed movement <laughs> and even successful teacher strikes in solidly red states, how this could possibly be a surprise to them. But I think they will be shocked when we come out and we have this very similar vote to how SEIU voted in the upper 90 percent that, yeah, we're going to go. Because we want to stand up for our kids. And it doesn't matter what you say to us that we can't, that this is, as you said, a female-dominated profession. And you're not going to be able to put us all in a corner like that. That we are going to stand up for the kids and the parents can come out and stand up for the kids as well. Absolutely. Like never before. I think that's important. So, so, he, said, so he said that why CPS dragging their feet. So Paul says, you're on bargaining. Are you able to see something different? You think it's a, a more in-depth reason on why you think they're dragging their feet? Um. So, you know, there, let's, let's not forget, let's not forget um, that Mayor Lightfoot um, has the same, same negotiating team on the other end of the table. Okay. That has not changed. All the way since daily. All the way since daily. Yes. Wow. Um, and actually one of their, one of their um, lawyers, who's probably one of the top negotiating lawyers there, uh, Fransic, sorry, mm -hmm. uh, 
his tone is extremely disrespectful towards teachers, extremely, because he feels like he has the upper hand with us. They really do. Um, you know, she, she campaigned on bringing in the light, <laughs> but it's the same old, same old, you know, same old darkness. Same old darkness. Right. She has um, the same people advising her that Rahm Emanuel had advising him. That hasn't changed. Same negotiating team. Um, you know, it's the working class people of this city um, are probably feeling very disappointed at this point. You know, very disappointed in the promises that she made. And, you know, she sort of played like she was putting out this olive branch, you know, to have a, a more cohesive CPS, CTU relationship. But I can tell you that that's not what's happening at the bargaining table. Mm. You know, it's not this cohesive. It's, you know, it, it's it's a dragging, long process. But we're in there and we're fighting and we're not giving up. And nor, and this is important, nor will we be rushed because nice. that is part of their tactic right. also. We're going to mm. stall. We're going right. to stall. You have to be last minute. And then we're going to rush you. I'm, my, my voice on the bargaining team will not be rushed. I want to read through everything. And I can tell you that all the bargaining members feel the same mm-hmm. way. Because I think a lot of people feel like last time in 2016, there was a rush. There was a rush. They're like even after the midnight hour, that it's like, okay, go back to work the next day. Even when people, we, it was a deadline. And it was like after midnight, no. But it's like it was after that. And we still back to work. And I think some teachers are still skeptical of this bargaining process. So, again, for those who are still skeptical, what do we say to them this time? What makes the bargain? Even though you said that there's the same bargaining team from Lightfoot's end, uh, what is different about this bargaining team? And what things have you have said and put in place to make sure that the same mistakes happen? The, the mistakes that happened in 16 won't happen in 19. Well, I can tell you the it's a large bargaining team. It's like 40-something members. Right. I don't have the exact number. Um, we're from different areas of um, CPS. You know, we have PSRPs. Woo-woo. That's right. Nice. represented there. Cool. Um, we have people from specials, special education, early elementary education, early childhood, bilingual ed, high school, uh, people in CTE. I mean, it's a fairly large but encompassing um, team We've also broken up into smaller teams, which has been helpful. So we, we break up into smaller teams. So we're trying to keep our eye on everything, you know, because it's a, it's a large contract. I mean, let's, let's be real. It's a Very large, large contract, yep. you know, and no one can know the entire contract. Well, maybe Jesse and Stacy, but. And Jim. <laughs> wow. Jim's the man. <laughs> so, you know, is it going to be a perfect contract? Probably not. It's probably not going to be a perfect contract, but we are going to. We're trying to move the agenda forward. That's the, that's the key. Move it forward. We're not losing any right that we gained. Let's move forward. You know, a few years ago, I was on the, uh, the Summer Organizing Institute here at CTU. And one of the things that they kept saying over and over again is we don't get what we deserve. We get what we fight for. And it's unfortunate that it's got to be that way. But if we're not willing to fight for it, we're not going to get it. We can't just pretend that because the mayor wants to be nice about it and she says it in the news, oh, I'll put it in the contract later. No, she won't. If she really felt that way, it'd already be in there. So if we're not willing to step up and take this vote and fight for it, we're not going to get what we deserve. And somebody had mentioned earlier about the, what the PSRPs and stuff do within the building. Um, one of the things I didn't know before we were talking about this is that two-thirds of them are making below poverty-level wages. Yes. And it's, it's, yeah. it's embarrassing 
that we are a city that's this wealthy, that has all this, these resources, and that we're not willing to pay the people that support our children, the people that most need it, it with even a living wage. It's, it's an embarrassment. And the mayor needs to know that. All right. Well said, Jim. City of so, big shoulders. Thanks. <laughs> so we're going to wrap this up. So I just, again, want to say thank you all so much for coming. So before, before we leave, what I, I definitely want to mention, um, there's a great art bill that's being, um, it's being constructed. Is that the right word for it? Organized All right. slash implemented. And let's hear a little bit about that and how maybe we can get involved here as members of the community and CTU. Well, the best way to get involved would be to show up to CTU October 4th, 5th, and 6th to participate. There is absolutely no art background necessary. Because I have none. (laughs) A lot of people don't, and that's okay. Um, And what's so wonderful about the art build is that you don't need any art experience because the designs uh, for the picket signs and for the banners are going to already be predetermined. Um, We'll be screen printing from screens that already have the images is uh, exposed onto them. It'll be almost like paint by number onto the large banners. Um, And the way we're getting these amazing images for the art build is through an open call for submissions. An email went out to all CTU members uh, several times last week asking for submissions for designs. Um, So check your email and um, send us the images. The deadline for images for the open call is this Wednesday, the 25th at 7 p.m. Um, you're actually sending them to my email address, which is J-E-S-S-R-O-S-E-N-B-A-U-M at gmail.com. And then I'll be sharing those images that come to me with the leadership teams of CTU and SEIU who are going to select the designs from the open call Sounds very cool. Yeah. This is why we need our teachers. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely why we need our teachers. So I'm thinking that if we do vote to have this strike authorization vote. When we do. When we do. That's right. Um, Well, we have SEIU going to strike at the same time with us. What is that going to look like? I think it's important that we all stand together. Um, the, The city, the mayor's tried her best to divide us, but coming together gives us a great strength in numbers. Their strength in numbers. So I think we should be there for each other. That's right. So it'd be CTU, SEIU, and the parks all in one accord, all in unity. So that's what solidarity looks like, Jim. It looks great to me. The parks, too. Um, the parks are, are willing to go on strike just so we can have a fair contract. Um, it's a saying that says, do not wait to strike until the iron is hot, but make it hot by striking. Amen. So if we can if we can do this together and pull through um, Local 73 and the, and the park districts, we can all come together and Let's move the mayor. She needs to be the mayor of the working class, not corporate. That's right. And that is CTU Speaks. Thank you for all our guests for coming in. Thanks so for just again, me. for Thank all you. Chicago Teachers Union members, remember Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday is the strike authorization vote. We are suggesting that you check yes. 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 Please. Yes. yes. Check yes. Check yes. Uh, solidarity. Solidarity. How much a dollar really costs? The question is detrimental, paralyzed in my thoughts. Parasites in my stomach keep me with a gut feeling, y'all. Gotta see how I'm chilling once I park this luxury car. Hopping out, feeling big as Mutombo. 20 on pump six, Dougie Marcellus called me Dumbo. 20 years ago, came for gift. Now I can lend him my era too. How to stack these residuals tenfold. The liberal concept that men are due. 20 on six, and didn't hear me.